today on Locked On Canadians, an overtime, overtime loss to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, and we're going to talk about whether or not the Habs are interested in Devin Levi. Also, there's a list that has people really, really salty about Nick Suzuki. And that's all coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 752 of Locked On Canadians. As you know, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. So thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. My name is Laura Sab, also known as the Active Stick. And I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matla of Habs Eyes on the Prize. Scott, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right. It was a, I don't know if frustrating is the right word, because only one of the games it felt like a team maybe deserved a better fate. Uh, both the Rocket and Canadians played tonight. The Rocket lost 2-1 in regulation in Syracuse in a game. They were arguably the better team and down the stretch. And the Canadians played a game where they somehow led unjustifiably for most of the game and then lost in overtime, uh, despite Jake Allen's best efforts with 34 saves on the night. It was a weird game because the scoreline doesn't reflect what it could have been. It was 2-1. Uh, Miko Rantanen scored in overtime. But based on the way the Canadians played, and this uh, stat comes from a tweet from Eric Engels going into overtime, the Canadians had three shots on goal in the final 32 minutes of play. That's not good. It's it's actually, it's very bad. It's terrible. It's awful. I never want to look at that again. <laughs> and they got a loser point out of it. Had they somehow won this game, I think I would have kind of understood where the people who are furious that they keep picking up points here and there, uh, why they would be upset, but not a great showing all the way around. Um, some guys look good, and a lot of it is there's a lot of passengers, it feels like, on this team. And I don't know, did they just need the break for the holidays? Is it something else? The team doesn't have depth beyond the top line and the occasional flash, and it shows when you play a team like Colorado. Even when they're decimated, a well-coached team with elite superstar players. All due respect to Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, but Kel McCarr and Miko Rantanen are on a different level it makes a difference in the game and it showed tonight and they got a point. Jake Allen played well, and I'm happy to see Jake Allen play well. And the biggest thing is Anthony Richard got his first NHL goal. And like, and I all pun intended here, like a rocket out of the defensive zone. He was gone on that breakaway chance. It was beautiful. Couldn't be more happy for the guy and all the Preds fans in my mentions thrilled for Anthony Richard. And you know what? We love to see it. So at least something positive came out of what was a game where the Habs kind of got Homer Simpson speed bagged in that boxing episode for most of the game. 
I think there's a couple of things that I wanted to point out in addition to Anthony Richard, like th- that is the definition of capitalizing on every opportunity, right? Such good hustle, like amazing instinct, obviously really, really good goal, really, you know, you're just really happy for the kid. And it, it looked like, well, kid, he's 26 now, I think yes. you're, you're just really happy for him. And at the same time, I think Jake Allen was really good. Obviously you saw the score, you saw the shot attempts, you saw the score, uh, the, the, the shots in general, it was a very lopsided game and for a good reason. I mean, you're talking about the Stanley cup winning Colorado avalanche. And even though they have been decimated by injuries and even though coming out of the gate, their record has not been befitting of a Stanley cup champion. They're still an extremely terrifying team, right? You're looking at a team that is on a whole other level. And I think one of the things that I want to learn from this game is in addition to the fact that, you know, the Canadians do need more personnel, they do need better depth, is how do you become a team like the Colorado Avalanche, where even though they have so many key players out, you're literally dominating. And you're dominating in a very convincing, unquestionable fashion. Like, I think the Canadians, obviously, they're really far from that. And I don't want to dwell too much on, you know, the Canadians are bad, they're tanking, or they're, you know, high draft pick, whatever. I don't want to dwell on that because I think that there's a lot of a lot of stuff that the, the team still has to learn. And I do hope that they do start trading away some of those passengers because I want to see more young kids play. Right. I just want to see the young kids play. And like people are talking about like every time we bring this up, people debate the tank. They debate the veterans. They debate the trades. And I think it's very valid to have all of these discussions in Montreal. But what I want to see now is I want to see more of the young players. I want to see more call-ups. I want to see more of the future. I want to see how they do. And I want to see Martin St. Louis improve as a coach. I want to see him learn. So I'm not too fussed about the Canadians losing to the Avalanche, but I am fussed in the way that I want the Canadians to become like the Colorado Avalanche. I want them to become really, really good, where even if their key players are out, they're still able to dominate lower ranked teams and I also well I don't even know if the Colorado Avalanche or have, have passed the Canadians in the standings I do hope so by this point they have uh, and um, uh, Scott is posting uh, a screenshot of the uh the map not the heat map sorry what do you call this it's not the this heat- is the this is a uh, the Corsi four over the course of the game at five on five and it's broken up by period you can see where the Canadians scored and then you can just see the Avalanche speed bag this team yes and i just want to explain to the people who are listening and not watching what this looks like so it is broken down into two parts and then three columns so to the top is the colorado avalanche the bottom is the montreal canadians and then it's broken up into three columns and it also shows uh so the three columns are the three periods and it also also shows where uh goals were scored and the entire game almost a hundred percent of the game was played with the Colorado Avalanche in possession of the puck with the Corsi four. So with the shot attempt, sorry. So it like that's the visual. So just imagine just like the entire game being played by the Avalanche and it's as if the Canadians didn't even show up. I did <laughs> post it on my Twitter account if you want to look at it. It's it's not pretty. And before we go into the next segment, I'm looking at the expected goals for per period. Canadians 62% in the first period. Great. Awesome. 18 and then 13. Well, if you only have three shots on goal, it's, and that's where the issue is, is that this is what Martin St. Louis needs to figure out now is that the new coach shine is now off this team. 
now is his learning and growing experience too. I'm not going to say chuck him out the door, but I'm saying this is a thing that this coaching staff now needs to work with their analytics department and everyone else to figure out what they can do to get this team back to at least being a threat. You don't have to dominate possession, but you're not even threatening teams at this point, and that's a problem. Yes, and so part of it is, like you said, there's passengers, and part of it is that the coaching needs to be better, you know, the personnel needs to be all of that. So this is growing pains. And I, I am getting a bit excited now for the second half of the season, because we're going to start getting more of those uh, draft experts on and prospect experts on and start talking about the future of this team. Uh, so hang in there, Canadians fans and listeners. Thank you for bearing with us all this time. You know, we're, we're going to start looking towards the future again as the season goes on after the holidays. In the meantime, we there is a list and people are salty about it. And I just want to be smug about it and 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 sort of discuss that. And that's about Nick Suzuki. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, as always, you know that this episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which I know you do because you're listening to this one, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Scott. Yes. Where the games are. Okay, so this is like, it's listicle season, okay? It's December, everybody's putting out their best of or whatever. And this is the kind of thing where it's like, it's super clickbaity and rage baity and people fell for it, but it makes me laugh. So the Bleacher Report put out a list of the top 25 players at 25. I just want to point out that Nick Suzuki was at number six. Oh, I was going to say, um, I, I'm going to go through and read the entire list if you want me okay. to. Yes. Can you please do this? So do you want me to start read from the, the top list. or bottom? Uh, the top. All right. So going all the way to the start from BR Open Ice. Uh, at number one, Cal McCarr. Yeah, sure. Why not? Stanley Cup champion, one of the best defensemen in the NHL. No problem there. Number two, Jason Robertson. Very good. Does that feel a little bit like it might be because they're having a hot season? Potentially, who knows? Adam Fox, Wona Norris, Rasmus Dahlin, and Jack Hughes in the top five. Yeah, not really arguing that. Number six, Nick Suzuki. Number seven, Miro Heiskanen. Number eight, Nico Heischer. Number nine, Brady Kachuk. Number 10, Elias Pettersson. Number 11, Trevor Zegras. Number 12, Kin- Quinn Hughes. Number 13, Andre Svechnikov. Number 14, Clayton Keller, and number 15, Tim Stutzla. People took this bait real easy because I do see Elias Pettersson on there. I do see Quinn Hughes on there, who I think probably should be higher on this list because I think they are incredible players. And I love Nick Suzuki. Miro Heiskanen is also an incredible player on this list that is behind Nick Suzuki. And then uh, 16 through 25, number 16, Moritz Sider. Number 17, Cole Caulfield. Number 18, Jake Ottinger. Number 19, Jordan Cairo. Number 20, Jesper Bratt, who I was told is apparently the best player in the NHL, but who knows. Uh, number 21, future Montreal Canadian Pierre-Luc Dubois. Number 22, <laughs> Robert Thomas. Number 23, Mikhail Sergachev. Number 24, Martin Natchez. Number 25, Noah Dobson. Caulfield being on this list feels about the right spot for him. 
I understand why people might be bad at Nick Suzuki at number six. And to that, I say, I want to drink your tears because it's beautiful. And yeah, there's probably some recency bias in that because of how well Caulfield has played with Suzuki and how well that top line has played. And they haven't hit that next level yet. But if this, I understand the fury, but at the same time, I can't really argue too much with it because I don't totally disagree. Maybe a spot or two down, but Nick Suzuki is going to prove a lot of people wrong when the Canadians actually finally get rolling. And he's not the only guy carrying a line at this point. I'm just like super excited about how angry people are. And there are people in there that, like, I didn't even expect it from. Like, from fan bases that aren't, like, the Leafs or, like, the Senators getting so pressed about this. Nick Suzuki at number six. I just want to point something out, though. Like, obviously, all of these lists are made by human people who are often based in a market and will have a lot of um, access to games in their region or games in their division or games that are constantly on, you know, like Hockey Man Canada or whatever it is. So, like, there's obviously inherent bias in that. There's people that are human beings, right? There's recency bias as well. There's a lot to, to that goes into this. So I don't, you know, like, this is just a list, right? But the way that people were so angry at how high Nick Suzuki was, was so funny like Nick Suzuki above Brady Kachuk I saw that and I just started laughing I was like I am living right now this is making me so joyful because I knew that it was going to make the right people angry now whether they did it as bait or just because they're biased I don't even care like it's all bait. Of these, all it's of totally these, bait all of these lists are like like they're very 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 subjective they're not objective but also just kind of look at nick suzuki right one of the youngest captains in the nhl one of the youngest cap the youngest captain in nhl history if, uh, in sorry in canadians history if i'm not yes. mistaken uh not nhl sorry canadians history right carrying a team on his shoulders literally his line is the only one that produces right in charge of feeding cole caulfield and creating space for him and they're literally getting the toughest minutes, minutes, the worst assignments. They're basically playing these impossible minutes against all these teams that are better than them. And he's still producing. Like, if somebody wants to put Nick Suzuki at number six to make you guys angry, like, I think Nick Suzuki deserves it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the thing is, it's like, and if it's wrong, okay. Make your own list. Bingo. Like, you know, and I get it. It's hard. There's a lot of talented players under the age of 25 in the NHL. Good. You wouldn't know that because the NHL sucks at advertising itself. But like, if a player like Nick Suzuki can go anywhere, you know, beyond the top six, like you just kind of let it go, you know? Um, So it's, I don't understand the rage about it. I will probably never understand the rage about it because getting mad at listicles is very like 2012 and we are in almost 2023 at this point. As, as we've said many, many times on this show, it's not that deep. It's not that deep. Don't swallow the rage bait. I mean, unless you want to, because watching people get angry at lists still is by far one of the funniest things happening in the world today. I just think it's funny when they get angry about the Canadian, like people were so, they, they were also really angry about Trevor Zegris. Right. And I was like, 
That's not my battle to have. Um, I will let Ducks fans, you know, defend (laughs) Trevor Zegers. I'm just going to go ahead and take my step back from that. So, And I just want everyone to know that this list by BR Open Ice objectively means, objectively means that Nick Suzuki is better than Brady Kachuk. Okay. That's what that list means. It is now set in stone. All right. Uh, now we're going to turn our attention to silly season, trade rumors, and the like. Uh, let's talk about Devin Levi and uh, whether or not the Canadians are interested in him or should be interested in him. Uh, Scott, I'm going to let you take this away in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. And as we get into the holiday season, just remember, do not drive drunk, do not drive high. That's from your friends at Lockdown Canadians and also humanity. Please don't do it. Just call an Uber, call a friend, call a parent. All right, Scott. Let's get into, so this is, so this is a tweet. It's, it's a tweet and it's, it's rumored at the moment. Okay. And I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to translate it to you. And it is from, it is from BPM Spa. And it says that uh, DDO native Devin Levi uh, is, has goaltended for Team Canada. And he is at the moment, the teammate of Kent Hughes' son at Northeastern University. According to Maxime Truman, the Habs and the Sabres are discussing him. So, Scott, you have mentioned on the show before what a big fan you are of Devin Levi and why the Canadians should go after him. So let's talk about that a little bit because we know that the Canadians' goaltending is a giant murky question mark. Uh, and we also know that you're a big fan of this kid. So let, 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 let share, share your thoughts. Again, it's just a rumor at the moment. The Kent Hughes and the Sabres could be discussing it. Maybe the discussion is, hey, is he, is, is, is he on the market? And the answer is no. That could be a discussion too, technically. So Scott, what do you think? I have two minds of this. One, I think that he would probably immediately be coming in and it would be Jake Allen and Devin Levi in Montreal or, you know, they might keep Samuel. They do have Samuel Montembeau for another year and they might let Levi cook for a season in the AHL trade Jake Allen. And then Devin Levi comes up and becomes that guy and splits with Samuel Montembeau. I also do not expect this to happen. The Sabres have been patient and taken their time with Devin Levi at this point is that a lot of people thought he might sign after last year, after he went to the Olympics and one, I actually had, was looking at his award list last year. All uh, NCA second team, Hockey East or uh, NCA East Division first team All American, Hockey East All Rookie Team, Hockey East Champion, 
Hockey's first all-star team, goaltender of the week, goaltender of the year, player of the week in Hockey East, player of the week in Hockey East, player of the week in Hockey East, player of the week, player of the week, player of the week, rookie of the month, rookie of the month, rookie of the week, rookie of the year in Hockey East, three stars award Hockey East, overall rookie of the month in November, Mike Richter award as the top collegiate goaltender, Hobie Baker finalist, top collegiate rookie. And he's already won another goaltender of the year. And then when he played in World Juniors for Canada in 2020-2021, he was not the starting goalie for Northeastern at that point. But in seven games for Canada's under-20 team at the World Juniors, seven games, six and one, won a silver medal, 0.75 goals against, 964 save percentage. Then he put up a 952 last year with a 1.54 goals against in 32 games, 10 shutouts, has three shutouts this year, 929 save percentage. 2.27 goals against kid wins games and stops pucks. He's a phenomenal goaltender. And the biggest thing here though, is unfortunately he is not the biggest person. He's a flat six feet tall, which probably means he's five ten because hockey players lie about their height. A lot of modern goaltenders fall in that six, two to like six, four range to fill out their frame a little bit. So his game is based on, quick reflexes and response time and athleticism to go with his positioning. But at the NHL level, it's a different monster. Dustin Tokarski was a very good AHL goalie and a very good junior goalie. Never stuck at the NHL because at a certain point, players just pick spots better on smaller goalies. I also do not expect the Sabres to trade him just because I think they've invested so much in him. And they also have Eric Portillo who you know also went back to college this year and are at risk of losing him because he is also on will be a free agent if they do not you know sign him at the end of this season and then that puts all their eggs in the Devin Levi basket the trade that would be needed to make this happen you don't trade first round picks for goaltenders you don't do it unless they are truly the best goaltender in the NHL that is being traded out of their team at the deadline i'd be curious to see what this package would look like because Devin Levi is very clearly one of the best goaltending prospects on the planet. And I can't see the Sabres willingly parting with a guy who I think is they're treading water and trending upwards. But once Devin Levi gets there, they got to start going for it because the clock is ticking on players in there who need contracts and such in the coming years. If it happens, I'd be thrilled. I just don't expect it to happen because I cannot see the Sabres parting with arguably their top non their top goalie prospect to a divisional rival who is also rebuilding their team. It, right. It, because the Canadians won't give up what the Sabres would want for them. Right. Like both teams are looking out for their own interests and especially in the same division, especially at the same stages. Right. I don't want to say same stages. The Canadians are at the beginning of a rebuild. Buffalo's in like year 19 of, of the same rebuild. Um, <laughs> I just, I think that the Canadians really do need to look at, a goaltending solution for the future though. I do think that that's legitimately a question that they need to be asking themselves and that they need to be inquiring about. So if this news is in fact true, it's encouraging in that Kent Hughes is looking for solutions and goal for the future of this team, because the last thing you want is to build a team with the draft picks that you're making this year and next year, and possibly the year after that, you build yourself a team, the goaltending is garbage, and it tanks your entire playoffs, your entire season. We saw it happen a couple of years ago with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, like really bad goaltending torpedoed an, a season that they had where people didn't expect them to be good and they were amazing. 
So you don't want that to happen. That's the last thing you want. And again, Pittsburgh is a totally different situation with veterans, all of that. But you do not want your goaltending to tank your future. So I think it's legitimate to be asking a question. What's up? I had one final thought on all this before we can wrap up the show is the biggest thing here is, does Levi want to go to Buffalo? Oh, that's a good question. Because here's the thing is with college free agents, it's not like the CHL where, you know, if the team wants to sign you to an ELC, you know, they can, or they will offer it to you. There's different rules. Hockey, um, we've seen college free agents, you know, and we've seen this all before. Remember the whole Jimmy VC thing and all that. This is an interesting case is that if Levi doesn't want to go to Buffalo, because he was originally a Panthers draft pick and he went there in the Sam Reinhart trade. If he doesn't want to go to Buffalo, he's not going to go to Buffalo unless they offer him so much more for that. And that's where things get interesting. Cause obviously here's the thing is Ken Hughes' sudden plays with, you know, Devin Levi. I don't know. I'm not saying he's privy to information, but if there's anyone who might have that inside thing, and I don't know if it's player tampering or not, but like it's tampering, but it doesn't matter. Everyone does it. You just yeah. It's caught. like if, if Kent Hughes, you know, knows something or the Sabres are aware of this sooner or later, you're that trade value just goes and goes in the toilet. Like exactly. the right, the rights for Devin Levi would get traded for like a fourth round pick because he doesn't want to sign with the team. What leverage do you have? Exactly. So it's a, I'm very intrigued uh, to see where this goes. I don't, I really don't expect anything to happen from this. I expect Levi and Northeastern to finish out their season, maybe make the frozen four tournament, make some noise in hockey East. And then he'll sign with the Sabres to end the season. And he'll either, you know, if they're making a playoff push, be part of that, or he'll go play for the Amherst and be their starting goaltender when they're pushing for the playoffs there, if they make that. But Time will tell on this. This is not going to be a thing that develops, you know, overnight. This is going to be, this is going to come down to the summer. And I don't think this will be resolved before the draft, if anything. Agreed. I think it's an interesting conversation to have. And just before we let you go, remember that tomorrow is our last mailbag before the holidays. Uh, So please send us your mailbag questions. They can be hockey themed or holiday themed or both. Uh, And uh, you can send them to us at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can also leave them in the YouTube comments uh, and you can find us on Twitter at my, I'm at the active stick. Scott is at Scott Matla. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you get a podcast or on YouTube. And don't forget to hit that bell. So you'll get uh, notifications of our new episodes and when we go live. And we do have something special planned for you guys over the holidays. I hope that you guys get a kick out of it. It's going to be a bonus episode like we promised. And that's all coming up on Locked On Canadians, so make sure you're subscribed. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with the mailbag and a beef tomorrow.